is nothing more inspiring than a woman being unapologetically herself. The answers are all in your heart. She's waiting, she's waiting, she's waiting for you to set her free. Welcome to BU Podcast. I'm Jill Herman and I am so glad you're here. I was broke, insecure, and craved approval. But with grit, hustle, and sacrifice, I still built a successful multi-million dollar business. 10 years in, burnout, I slowed down and looked inward. In that silence, I discovered that the same level of success could have come to me with much less effort and so much more joy. That's when I threw out the expectations of the world and chose to unbecome every single thing I thought I was supposed to be. And the real me was uncaged. It was far from easy. And in this podcast, I'll offer my entire journey as a roadmap so that if you're ready, you can finally be you. Hello, welcome back to BU Podcast. This is Jill Herman. So grateful to be with you. And I want to again welcome all of our new listeners. We are having a big influx of new members of this community, and we're so grateful for you. You may have heard we received the most exciting news that this podcast actually made the top 100 for iTunes. So we surpassed 25,000 downloads. We celebrated that and just found out today that in the category of entrepreneurship, which is actually not even the correct category for us, BU was not only in the top 100, but ranked as high as 89th. So it's such an honor. It's really cool. So why is it the wrong category for us? Well, we do talk about business and much of being an entrepreneur has nothing to do with business talk, right? It's about who we are and how we show up. So it's not the wrong category for us. It's just probably not the most ideal category. So we were placed in that category when we launched the podcast. And I don't even remember how that happened, but that's okay. Truly what we're going to be will be women's empowerment, personal development, and spirituality. Those are the three probably biggest areas of focus for Be a Podcast with a splash of business here and there and family and parenting and all kinds of other things. And as I said, all that still applies to entrepreneurship, but that category is probably not the best fit for us. Now, why is it even more exciting? It's even more exciting because it's the most competitive category there is. I mean, you've got people like Robert Kiyosaki, Rachel Hollis, Dave Ramsey, Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V, Amy Porterfield. I mean, it's like a very Susie Orman. I mean, it is a it is a category with the coolest people that I look up to, and I can't even imagine being mentioned in the same conversation with any of them. And somehow we are ranking in the top 100 in that category. So congratulations to be you. Congratulations to all of you because I don't say this just to sound good. Right? I'm not pretending to be humble or generous here. The truth is I do get credit for doing this consistently and getting uncomfortable and getting on here every Tuesday, Thursday. And you are the ones that are sharing it with people. We don't do any advertising. I've never worked with a company to help us get this out in the world. I just found out what podcast SEO is. We haven't done any of that. <laughs> and we're going to, though. I, I just partnered with the company, and we're going to start working together. And we're really excited about what's going to happen. But until this point, it's just been you and me, guys. And 
man, it's pretty exciting how this is exploding. So right now we're going to chat about the idea of choosing happiness, but also being happiness. And as my friend Kim McCall said in a text conversation tonight, you don't even have to choose happiness because it's accessible. I mean, it's just right there. You just have to decide to access it. And she's so right. This episode was actually inspired by that text conversation. So Sean and Kim McCall are very good friends of ours and they and myself and my husband have a little text thread. And I went in there to celebrate the big news about hitting top 100 and they were congratulating me. And Sean said, you know, Jill, I was listening to a podcast the other day and I heard Aubrey Marcus say that most people's biggest regret is that they didn't let themselves be happier. At the end of their life, they say, why didn't I just let myself be happier? With the emphasis on let. And, oh, it just like hit me in the heart and it punched me in the gut. And I've been aware of this before about myself, but I really felt something saying to me, you need to be honest and go in there and chat with your friends in BU because I know I'm not the only one. I know many of you can't relate and I love that. I look up to you. Many of you can't relate to feeling like you have to make yourself feel happy. And I am telling you seriously, I look up to you and I say, okay, I want to get to that point. On one hand, it's just so simple. And on the other hand, it's so difficult. It shouldn't be. It's so easy, but it's not. And so many factors go into this. The experiences we had in utero and then birth all the way through childhood, early adult and adulthood, all those experiences, the you know meaning we added to those experiences the insecurities and fear stories that develops from that, all of that body chemistry, unresolved trauma, all kinds of things go into why some people, and I'm going to out myself, like me, have to choose to be happy. Like we have to remind ourselves, okay, there's nothing you need to be upset about. And so I want to out myself and say that if you ever feel like that, I know how you feel. If you don't, this will be an interesting conversation for you to listen to because it will give you more patience and grace with other people who do find themselves to be this way. So I jotted down three ways that you and I can access happy more often and more consistently. And I think I'm going to add a fourth. Before I list three, I'm going to say, as with anything else, the first is awareness. Just to be aware that we're not letting that be our autopilot without shame, without blame, without guilt, without embarrassment, but just saying, okay, here's the truth. I'm aware that I don't allow myself to access joy, happiness, gratitude, and fun on a regular basis. It is not my autopilot. It's not my natural. Okay, but what are the three ways that we can get there? Admittedly, I've been very off track. You know, some people say it's just what's going on in the world, like collectively, energetically, you know, globally, what's going on. I'm sure that has something to do with it because I, I'm, I'm open to that. Uh, for me, I believe that I'm in a phase where I'm feeling a lot of heaviness and maybe stuckness and darkness because I'm shedding old ways and I'm grieving. Even subconsciously, I'm grieving my old stuff because I know that I'm about ready to step into a new level, like a new level of growth because that will happen as you grow. I think it's a lot of stuff. I think that it's months and months of circumstantial stress in my home, and we'll get to that in a second, that I've allowed to permeate me and affect me. 
And I think it's also affected by the fact that I have not been taking care of my physical body. Like I know I can with the way I eat and not moving very often. I'm not proud of that, but that's the truth. And all of those things are working hand in hand, I believe, to keep me in this place where I've been. And I don't even know when. It's been a fog. I would say, I don't know, maybe a month or so of feeling really heavy. So the first I wrote down is boundaries. And it's not the time, we're not going to get into the typical conversation about boundaries. When I say boundaries, I mean allowing ourselves to see others in our lives, especially children, whether they're one or they're 21 being able and willing to see that they are on their own path, they are their own energetic being, they are their own person, their own spirit in a human experience, and you are not responsible for their journey. That's a way of expressing a boundary. And it's so hard for people like me whose codependency has been my middle name my whole life. And so a friend of mine who's a really successful coach gave me an exercise that you've maybe heard of before. I'd never heard of it before, and it's really helpful. And that is, you know, closing your eyes and looking at that other person and picturing like the figure eight or the infinity symbol of energy going around them and then around you. But you see you're in two separate parts of the figure eight. You're not connected. So it's like cutting some ties there while still appreciating, while still loving, while still supporting. And, you know, we referenced this. I talked about this many, many episodes when I talked about sadness over suffering that I tend to like get into the pool of doom and gloom with my children, with people I love in general, and I climb into that pit with them and not from a place of empathy, but from a place of sympathy, which does not help them at all. In fact, it hurts them and it causes them to be dependent upon me and all kinds of things because it's fulfilling a need that I have in myself. It's very sick and twisted. (laughs) Well, Having that healthy boundary, even energetically, is a way I have found. And yes, I'm lecturing myself right now. You might say, have you been doing it? No, I haven't. I haven't been doing it. And I'm doing that right now as I'm talking to you. I'm picturing that with a couple of people in my family. So having that healthy boundary, that understanding and awareness, and an agreement with yourself and with your creator that you and I are not responsible for the peace, the happiness, or the journey of the other person. We're just not, even if they are our own child, we are not responsible for that. That's a very freeing experience, and that contributes to us being able to access happy. Because if we're too enmeshed with their pain, it's inaccessible to us. We're too clogged up. Number two, release work. We just did a whole episode on somatic release, right? But instead of recycling the emotion and reliving it and talking about it, releasing it, But I don't mean, let's just release trauma from when we were five. What I'm realizing is release work needs to happen on a regular basis, just like exercise. It's like the trash can gets full and you got to take the garbage out. It's going to keep filling up. And so I might be going very slowly, by the way, because there is some resistance. My body is resisting some of the physical release that I am embracing slowly and that I know is going to benefit me and that I need to do. While I'm walking through that, there's also a way to do light release regularly. Not like, oh, I'm going to do this big anger burn and get out of this pain that has been plaguing me since I was five or this memory that I don't really remember that I know is there and stuck in my body. Okay, all that is powerful. I'm talking about daily even, ways to release the emotion. One way is forgiveness, not holding on to resentment, 
I am still resentful. And I will use that word and it's not an attractive word. I'm not here to look good. You know that. I am not here to make myself look good. I'm also not the person who does the self-deprecating dance that I used to do because that also comes from wounding and from, from insecurity and needing to be liked. I'm just being real, telling you that in my marriage, I still have resentment about things in the beginning of our relationship. I haven't let them go. And so things today will trigger that old pain that happened in the childhood, in the infancy of my marriage. Because I haven't released that, forgiven, let it go and moved on, it keeps coming back. And if it doesn't come back, it's just always there. And so I'm seeing him through that lens and that's not okay. And there was no like major betrayal or anything like that, but it's just old crap. And I'm realizing as I'm approaching our anniversary coming up this month, I'm sad about the fact that we didn't have the wedding I wanted and blah, blah, blah. And it's all coming back. And so that I know has been helping to contribute to the fog I've been in. So you and I deserve to do more release, forgiving people. Don't just move past the past by saying, I'm just moving on. doesn't work that way with most of us. Writing a letter of forgiveness or writing an angry letter. I'm angry because I, I, I don't like the way this felt because when you did this to me, blah, 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 blah. Then you don't send the letter to them. You burn the letter. Or what you just heard in the last episode, the Ho'oponopono. I, I don't say it right, but whatever. <laughs> Ho'oponopono where you're doing that forgiveness work with those statements, and then you bury that into the ground. You can do something that I just started with my coach, which is empty chair exercises where I'm sitting in one chair, and I know it sounds hokey and weird, but again, I'm not here to look good. I'm here to help you change your life. And so you look at the empty chair, and you have a conversation with whomever. But in this situation, he coached me to have a conversation with myself from when I was in my late teens, 2021, when I was in an abusive relationship and then different times in my life. And then I sit in the other chair and then I talk to my current self and you go back and forth. There's so many ways to release, but that release work is so powerful. I mean, hitting a pillow, screaming into a pillow, turning music up really loud and just hitting a pillow, but saying words, there has to be a verbal piece to this, by the way. You know, you can't just scream. I I went to Tony Robbins once and just screaming that primal scream, it actually is great and it's different from this. This type of release is when you, you're verbalizing, you don't recycle the emotion, you actually release it out of your body. And so when you're saying, as you're beating the pillow either with your hands or you can take one of those pool no- noodles and like cut it in half and then beat the hell out of your mattress or beat the hell out of a pillow or out of the floor, or whatever, as long as you're safe. And you're saying things like, you can never say anything about yourself, by the way. You cannot say, I hate myself. I'm mad at myself. You say, that made me so mad because I am so angry because, you know, I don't like that because, right? You can say that even as you're writing a letter, but either way, you're getting it out of you. And then after you do any kind of release like that, I would be not just remiss, I would be irresponsible if I didn't say, it's really important to get coaching on how to do this because you don't want to stay in that state afterwards, you kind of wrap your arms around yourself and you hold yourself and you rock. When you rock a child, you're resetting, you're recalibrating them and you can rock yourself and it really gets you back sort of online in a good way. So first was that energetic boundaries, understanding that they're on their own journey, but like really, really getting that. Number two, release, 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 and release through forgiveness, all of that. And then number three is so obvious, but why aren't we doing it all the time? remembering the law of attraction, 
remembering the whole idea of energy, vibration, frequency, and vortex. And this is where it's almost like you might be feeling what I'm feeling like, am I really going to say this? I feel so silly saying this because it's so obvious. Hello. This is where I know for the past month or so, I have really, really caused myself to feel bad. Because let me be clear, whatever we resist persists. Whatever we focus on expands. Whatever we are giving energy to is what we get more of. So if we're talking, which this is what I've been doing, by the way, if we are talking to people, even a therapist, even a coach, talking over and over again about things we don't want and we don't like and things that are painful for us and that aren't going well. You know, we're talking about our our child and the choices they're making and how frustrating it is and blah, 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 blah. And we're talking about the negative way that we choose to see someone because we're only focusing on what they're not doing well, what they're not doing right, et cetera, in a relationship. This is really big. It's not just, oh, it's not good for you. And it's not, we are creating more of that because that's how the law of attraction works. I have been spending the last month or so talking nonstop about some things going on in my life with someone I love that is so painful and I keep talking about it and talking about it and talking about it and thinking about it and dwelling on it and obsessing about it and praying about it and wanting it to be different and not doing the release work, not doing the boundary work we just talked about, and on top of that, forgetting the freaking law of attraction, forgetting that I'm not choosing to see what's possible. I'm not choosing to see the miracles that could happen. I'm not choosing to see them in a different light. I'm not choosing to focus on, yeah, but what about this? This was one positive thing this person did. This was some growth I saw. Just loving them for whoever the F they are. And outside of that complaint or or stress, still focusing on vortex, energy, frequency, law of attraction, taking time every day to focus on gratitude. I don't mean just, oh, thank you, God, but really feeling it, leaning into that, moving that through our bodies. Even meditating, on, I'm feeling this white light going through my body, glowing from my head all the way down to my toes, my fingertips. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for everything to be alive, for everyone on the planet, for everyone, for every experience, all of the lessons. I'm open to receiving abundance. I deserve abundance. Choosing joy, choosing fun, choosing happy, realizing that happy happiness, peace, joy, all of it is so accessible. It's right there. But reminding ourselves of that, because when you and I are focusing on the other, we just lose sight of this. We just forget. And if we're on top of that, not releasing and emptying that trash can, and we're not practicing the boundary of not my monkeys, not my circus, and I love you so much, and I love myself enough to know that you're on your own journey, I'll do what I can, but you're not my responsibility, even your own child. You might be my responsibility, but I can't make you choose happy. I can't make you choose well. No matter how much I try to control you, no how many things I try to give you access to, no matter how much coaching I give you, no matter, I can't do it for you. And I'm drinking the poison myself and wondering why I'm getting sick. If we're not doing these things, then we're going to be less likely to even see that happy is available. Wait, it's always available? Wait, it doesn't have to be this hard? What if it didn't have to be this hard? What? Everything. What if it got to be easy? What if what got to be easy? 
everything, everything. What if it got to be easy? Why am I making it so hard? Why am I choosing for everything to be so complicated, so hard, so difficult, so heavy? Why am I doing that? And if I'm not doing that, because some of you are not, why am I 10 steps away from that and still not making everything easy and simple and joy and fun and light and happy and that feels good? Why am I not doing that? Because when you and I do that, we get more of that. Wait a minute, that's not going to change the choices my spouse is making or my sister or my friend or my boss. Or You're right, it's not going to change any of that, but it's going to change how you receive it. It's going to change how you see it. It's going to change how it smells. It's going to change how it tastes. And you're going to get that palette of joy and fun and love and good. And you're going to want more of that. And that's all you're going to want. And I've been there. I know what it feels like. I know what it feels like to not have the circumstances change. And I am still so not just at peace, but also happy. And I have forgotten what that feels like. And I don't know about you, but I want it back. The best thing is that I get to access it now, and 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 now, not later, now, now. I am certain that some of you are hearing this saying, oh yeah, must be nice. Yeah, right. Sounds good. I don't think so. You get to say that, and I know it feels right to you, and I know it feels good, and I also know it's not true. Because life is a reflection of us. Our life is a reflection. No, it's not. I didn't make that circumstance happen. Somehow we may have attracted that to us and it feels different because of how we are and who we are. It looks different because of how we are and who we are. How many times have you seen people who have had the worst hand dealt to them and they're not pretending they really do have the ability to still access peace, joy, and happy, even happy? How do they do that? Do you think they have a direct line to God and you somehow don't have the phone number? No, they're not more special than you. They're not chosen. They're just choosing. So what can you do today, today and today? Picture something that is hurting you in your life. Picture a person, someone, maybe they're sick and you want to take it away. It could just be your, our little grandbaby who lives with us. Thank goodness has only had like two colds ever and he's a year and a half. But when he was sick, like fever, miserable, oh my God, you guys, I don't just look at that. I was a nurse for years. I've worked in the NICU. I've worked in the cardiac unit. I've worked in surgery. I've seen a lot of people die. I've seen a lot of ugly, uncomfortable things. But when I see him sitting there, instead of saying, oh shit, I don't like the fact that he doesn't feel good. What do I feel? What is my go-to in my autopilot? I feel it physically in my body. I'm so sad. I can't stop thinking about it. I don't want him to feel like this. Do you think he's going to be okay? Oh, why does he feel like this? What can I do? And then I obsess about it and I obsess about it. When truly, when you and I are talking about that healthy boundary, what I can do is not like it, but then have that energetic figure eight, that infinity symbol and realize he's okay. No matter what, he's okay and I'm okay. And I'm doing everything I can And I can't shift my energy into worry because that's just bringing more what? It's bringing more negative energy to him and to me and into my family. I can't do it. It's not good for him. It's not good for anybody. That's where I want to be. And that's where I'm going to choose to be. So the boundary work, and that's, I would say, a letting go process, not just boundaries. Let's say that, a letting go process. 
so much we could talk about with parents when it comes to this. We just get so enmeshed with them, don't we? Their good grades are our badge of honor, and their bad decisions are our shame, when truly we didn't have much to do with either one. So that, the release, and then just the reminder of the vortex, law of attraction, gratitude, joy, fun, but choosing it now and now and now and now and now and now. And focusing more on what just feels good to me, what feels good. A warm bath with Epsom salt and some candles, now that feels good. I'm crying and I'm crying and I'm crying and I'm so sad about everything, but I'm going to get in that bath because it feels good. And as I'm in that bath, I'm going to picture what I'm grateful for. And I'm going to ask myself, what can I picture and what can I visualize right now that is a symbol of happy, of joy, of peace? I'm walking in a field. I'm, you know, I see a rainbow. There's a waterfall, whatever I can do. And our bodies listen to that. Our cells respond very quickly. Our cells want us to be in a higher vibration. So they will quickly flip. And then, and then when you encounter the things that are out there, it's different. So this was as much for me as it is for you. I hope it helped. Please share it with others. Know that you are loved. Know that you are seen. Know that you are heard. Know that you are witnessed and know that we, all of us in this group, are here with you even if you can't see us.